Jingle bells. What's up? Whoa. Dang, dude. A little NBA and NBC remix with little jingle bells. Are we in the spirit of basketball and Christmas or what? Dude, I think, uh, are you familiar with the artist Youngberg? Uh, no. Is that you? Uh, I mean, I think it just was, but you should, everybody out there needs to Google Youngberg, YouTube Youngberg. I think the one, uh, super popular song they had like 10 years ago was that sexy, can I just pardon my manners, something, something, something. Pretty garbage song ultimately, but kind of catchy. And, uh, that was my claim to fame. So you guys can hear me on the mics. Youngberg, sexy, can I? Let's go. Dude, how you doing? Surviving. How are you? Uh, I would say, I would say surviving. It's a fun time of year. Um, busy time of year freaking busy time of year before we we dive into everything uh how's your thanksgiving it was stressful we traveled with elliot seven weeks old jamie two and almost three years old flew into la drove to my grandparents house which should be about two hours away ended up being a three and a half hour drive because um la traffic is just miserable um and then over thanksgiving i'm sure yeah yeah, exactly. And then we hung out with um my two grandparents who are both 95 and or older. Um, Jamie was locked in the house. He was a little stressed, a little understimulated. Um, so that was that was hard, but, you know, it was worth it. Get out there to see some family and then came home. And we came home on a Friday, so I was able to decompress on a Saturday and a Sunday and get ready for that Christmas spirit, baby. What about you? Nice, dude. Well, uh, first of all, where where uh, exactly you say you flew into L.A., but where'd you have to drive to? Uh, the beautiful city of Bakersfield, California. If you go to BuzzFeed's list of ugliest cities in the world, the crown jewel of the Kern Valley is sitting at number one ugliest city in the United States of America. So that's where I was, everybody. Were the pies extra good, though, and the rolls? Because they're bakers? Because it's a field full of bakers? No. That's no. important. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh Dude, I mean, it's always nice to get out of your your typical surroundings, I guess, and go to California, even though it's not like Southern California or the Bay or anything. I mean, it was like seventy five degrees still, so nice. it was yeah. nice. Um, cool, man. Yeah, we uh we were with Lacey's family this year, and she has a brother who lives in Lehigh, so we all went to Lehigh and and had a good time and had some good food and everything. So, um, it was Damn. it was a good time, good time overall. It was nice to last time we went to St. George, which actually was really nice. Yeah. Uh, Actually, maybe that was for Christmas. I don't know. I can't keep them all straight. But time flies that. so fast because I was gonna be like, "Oh yeah, first Thanksgiving as a married man," but no, it's your second Thanksgiving as a married man because you've already been married for a year. I know it's crazy, and this is our third Thanksgiving together, which is as weird as somehow. Dude, I can't. the years just start stacking up. Just I know. Start stacking up, dude. So, uh, so hit me with a, a Thanksgiving highlight. What was the highlight of your Thanksgiving? Seeing your ninety-year-old grandparents, or um, what? I mean, it was nice. It was nice for Jamie to get time with the Pruitt side of the family. Yeah. Um, my, my dad lives on the coast up by Morro Bay. Kent lives in Logan. So we don't get to see him that often. Kent's my brother for people who don't know. Um, so it was good, you know, it was good for him to, to get that FaceTime and, you know, they all got along really well and they enjoyed seeing the babies. And so that was a highlight for me. Um, food wise, there was this really yummy, uh, broccoli casserole that I always look forward to. So that was really yummy. Um, but for the most part, dude. <laughs> The highlight of the trip is that it we survived it. <laughs> and the commanders won too, right? Is that yeah. 
I like well, the commanders, what, we've won six out of our last seven. So that's just a highlight for a few months at this point. But did they play on Thanksgiving Day? No, no. We okay. have we have in the past. Um, I think like two years ago, we played about three years in a row. Um, but we haven't been on Thanksgiving for the past couple of years. Or maybe we did play last year. I can't remember. Yeah, forgettable seasons for sure. Um, <laughs> okay, what, uh, what, what was the low light for the Thanksgiving? Was it sitting in L.A.? In traffic? Yeah, just let's the travel point, traveling with kids. Um, Jamie did great going, a little worn out by on the flight home. And he was, you know, in the getting onto the plane, there was a few breakdowns. But it's always nice, like when you're traveling with a toddler or babies, like you don't notice this when you don't have kids. You're just, you know, people are, are just a, a crowd of faces. But when you're out in it, you start noticing all the other parents that are doing it too. And like, you just kind of give each other that nod, like silent brotherhood. Yeah, exactly. You know, in solidarity, uh, traveling with kids. So it's not as bad as you think it is. But as soon as that kid starts screaming in public, like I immediately start sweating. My armpits just turn into swamps. It's disgusting. Like it's back in eighth grade Huggins class. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, dude, I, I get that. When we, we went to Hawaii in May with my sister and she's got, two, she's got a two year old. And like at that point it was like a six month old. And, uh, we, sat like across the row from them. And part of me, like that changed how I look at young parents with, or parents with young kids. Cause it was just chaos the entire time. And sometimes I wanted to dis- disassociate myself from them and pretend I didn't know them. And then <laughs> like my little niece would like yell my name across the row and I'd have to look over and it was Aww, like, the gig was up, but, um, no man, that's cool. Uh, what about yeah. you, dude? What was your high- highlights, lowlights? Dude, highlights, um, Lacey's family just in their entirety, they're just wizards in the kitchen. It's like oh, yeah. you think about like a Hogwarts feast. Um, they're the house elves, huh? They're basically the house elves, but they're they're present and they're friendly and uh, they're not oppressed. Um, but they <laughs> they whip out some 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 mean some mean fixings. So uh, the pies and everything else was good. Um, random highlight: shout out Jackson Stevenette, Jay Stevenette. Um, he uh, he was in town randomly and hit me up and wanted to go get a little a little workout in on the day after and that was uh, that was a really good time we good. got after it in the gym which is a, a fun little thing because we don't get to see them all that often because they're in uh, BFE Richfield Monroe uh, great Monroe. jazz great jazz presence down there though great jazz presence and uh, yeah give them a listen the Jazz Beats podcast uh, they are oh. slightly more active than we are um, <laughs> but uh, we were working unfortunately on- it's not hard to do with us but. Um, we're working on it, but before, before we move on from, from Thanksgiving, I think we just need to to have a quick little, quick little revisit of, uh, one of the most important chestnut checkers moments ever. When I, I helped the world realize that a, a dinner roll is not just, not just a side, but also a utensil plays, you know, really two very, very, very crucial roles in a Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, yes, I said rolls in a Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, I know you're sicked out. I can see your face right now. But I think, you know, as I was finishing off my first plate and I had this roll and there was just like a little bit of gravy, a little bit of potatoes that were kind of scattered around the roll, you know, made quick, quick, quick work of them in a very tasty fashion. So I'm, I'm happy to uh, really, really reemphasize my take that a dinner roll is not just a side, but also a utensil and arguably the most important aside from turkey piece of the Thanksgiving feast. No, your initial take wasn't that. Your initial take was, they're not food, they're utensil. It was a very plain, black and white situation. And that's what's sick. You can say, yeah, I use my dinner roll as a utensil to wipe some things up. That's a completely normal statement. Your statement of saying, no, this bread that has been baked in an oven that has 
the components of food, yeast, flour, whatever the hell else is in rolls, is not food. It's a utensil. That's the take that's crazy. That is a crazy take. And the fact that you removed it from a list of best foods, because I'm arguing that the roll is the best part of the meal, and you're saying in a weird way, yeah, but also it's not food. It's a utensil. It's a crazy take. It's a crazy take, and you need to atone for it. All I know is you think of the meme where it's like, it shows like roll, like or it has like the first picture of like the, a little brain activity. And that's just like roll. And then it's, and then it's fork as like fork, forking potatoes onto a roll. And there's a little more brain activity. And then it goes like three levels up and using the roll as, as a utensil. And then it's just like mind blown, like brain operating at full capacity. Um, that's exactly what we're dealing with here. So you're welcome, uh, everybody. I don't know, man. I think you just, first of all, <laughs> Everyone who can't see the Zoom meeting, Colby <laughs> bought a microphone and he doesn't have the dongle to get it plugged in. So he's sitting there with his microphone talking into it like it's actually being used. So I'm not only dealing with the sickness of the roll utensil situation, I'm dealing with the sickness that he's actually using this unplugged microphone. So that's the that's talking about brainwaves. That's what I'm dealing with on the podcast right now the thing is it's it really is uh it's, it's a good comparison because i feel like extra professional as i'm leaning into it i feel like it's taken my uh my, my creative thinking as well as my voice to another level even though it's it's, it's totally placebo but uh you know what works works so it's hopefully next week we actually have an additional level of, of audio quality but uh at least we have the the appearance of such today totally, totally. okay um, dude, speaking of feast or famine, let's talk about the, the one and only Utah jazz right now. Yeah. Just broke a five game win st- or lose streak last night. Didn't we? Yeah. We almost, we almost actually recorded this podcast yesterday, but we were waiting for the microphone to show up, which now that it's here, uh, we felt like we could go ahead, even though we still don't have the dongle, but, um, <laughs> it was good to, but we're, we're recording anyway. Had we recorded yesterday, um, our thoughts may have been a little more pessimistic, um, in regard to the jazz because five game skid, uh, not, not looking particularly great, really missing Mike. And then we, we actually got a pretty good win last night against the Clippers. Um, this is by, by the way, being recorded on Thursday morning. And so, um, dude, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it up to you right now. What, what are your thoughts? Just kind of where we're at right now. Uh, Mike Conley, sneaky MVP candidate because we can't win without him. I, I mean, like, I think the optimism that everyone's felt like we were going to have some sort of rebound to the meteor meteoric how do you say that word meteoric Meteor rise yeah. thank you at the beginning of the season you know come crashing down kill some dinosaurs while we're at it um it, it just kind of is what it is like i just want the team whatever we're going to be whatever identity is going to be are we are we wobbling for Wemby or are we going in for the playoffs whatever it is like if we lost those five games because of of you know, we just lost them. That's fine. And it's because Mike was out. That's fine. Um, the clear the clear path to tanking, though, clearly is trading Mike Conley. We, I mean, yeah, we won last night. We had a good game from Jordan Clarkson, another good game from uh, the finisher. Um, just an all-around solid performance by the entire team. But we don't really, like, Sexton's just not it as a point guard to run it, run this team. And, and Conley, whether he's only scoring, like, 14 points a game or whatever it is, uh, just a calming presence, right? Especially with a bunch of youth on the team, a bunch of guys that are in bigger roles than they're used to. Uh, Conley's just able to kind of bring the ball up, even though we run that five out offense, uh, you still need to have a guy that's going to be that calming presence. And the clear path to Wemby is 
trading Conley or if we're playing going for the playoffs, like obviously keep him and hope that he rehabs well. It's just what's our identity going forward is what we need to decide. Yeah, no, I think we got in part, we've got some of the answer that we asked ourselves last time, who's the MVP of the season so far on the last podcast. And I think initially I was like, well, you can maybe make an argument that Mike is because he's been that kind of calming presence. But I think ultimately I settled on Laurie and who knows if we had Mike and not Laurie, I don't know if. Yeah, that's hard to tell. Um, it, it is hard to say, but yeah, we, we definitely miss his calming presence. Sexton, I still don't, he's not, he's not a pass first, like orchestrate first point guard. I don't think last night was maybe his best game in a jazz uniform. Yeah. Um, against the totally. Yeah. Which was, which was really cool to see. And I think that's Will, probably, a- I don't know if you noticed, I'm sorry to cut you off, but Will coaches Colin hard on the bench, hard. really hard, which is cool. I think it goes to show like maybe one of Will's strengths is he understands his players' personalities and how he can handle um, different personalities and how to coach him. Cause you don't really see him go as hard in on other players as he does Sexton, but Sexton also has, you know, the young bull attitude that he has on the court. So obviously him on the bench, when he's getting yelled at, it probably resonates with him a little bit better than, you know, being a, a guy's guy, maybe like he is with uh, Malik Beasley or whoever else. Um, it's, it's just really cool to see. I actually have a take on the coaching here pretty soon, but I want you to finish your thought. Cause I cut you off. No, no, I, I, I'm right there with you. It was cool. When, so we got super, super lucky and um, we got to go to the uh, the Jazz game versus the Suns at home. That was kind of a nail biter. Incredible we all, game, like, yeah. 19 to three. And then uh, we all went to that and that was a game where, where Hardy pulled Sexton aside and was coaching him super hard. And that was, it was cool to see. And it's one of those things where it's like, you have to, like Hardy, you can tell that he's established a relationship of like, of confidence. And I don't know if, if love goes too far, but like, I, it seems like Sexton knows that it's it's all love and where he's coming from and that sure. he can get the best out of him, which is cool. And it's cool to see Mike coaching him up on the sidelines too. Um, one thing that was really interesting, I went to the Lakers game at home. I can't remember if I mentioned this last podcast or not, but uh, LeBron was there. He didn't play, and he was, but he was there, and, and they'd have timeouts, and LeBron would wander like 40 feet outside the timeout, not saying a word to anybody, not 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 mm-hmm. coaching anybody on the team, mm-hmm. not you know providing any sort of insights. And he's this basketball savant supposedly, but you know doesn't say a word to any of his teammates, um, you know, from a strategy perspective. But you see Mike over there, you know, coaching up the guys, even Rudy Gay too. Like they're they're all super yeah. involved, and it's it's cool to see. Um, but yeah, we miss, we miss Mike a ton. And if, if we can continue to get, you know, better play out of Colin, that can help kind of stabilize things. But anyway, uh, what were you saying about coaching? Um, well, I think there's, sorry. Um, there's a clear path to like where the game's going, right? The five out offense, five out, meaning like everyone can sit around the three point line, shoot, cut, whatever it is, five right. ball handlers, five shooters, whatever. Um, we're doing it. Boston's doing it. They're super successful. We we don't have big names and we're performing better. Like that's an interesting piece of where basketball's going. But there's another piece to this about how coaches are. I mean, if you look historically, like Jerry Sloan and Quinn Snyder for are perfect ex- examples of this. They had the rotation set and it didn't matter who they were playing. It didn't matter how the season was going. It's like, we have our minutes for our guys. We check this person in at seven minutes. We check that. You know what I mean? It's like, we pretty much have this set for 82 games. What Will Hardy's doing and Joe Missoula on the Celtics does this too. The coaches make adjustments in the rotations in game. Like you're going to see certain players get minutes and then you're going to see certain players not get minutes, or you're going to see someone get a lot of run at the end of the game. If they're hot, you're going to see a lot of people get, you know, and it, it's becoming a, a chess match in regular season games. And these coaches aren't scared to make minuscule adjustments in a quarter 
you know, in five minutes, who's coming in, who's coming off. Um, so I think, you know, basketball sometimes has like a lull in the regular season. Um, and I'm hoping that this is going to change. Like, this is something that kicks off a trend in the league. Cause it's, it's a really interesting thing to think about. Um, the game and chip at the end of the year is like, oh, that's when you start seeing it. Like, okay, we're trying to, you know, get the fifth seed or the fourth seed. We want to do matchups X, Y, Z, but you know, winning every game matters at this point, especially when, you know, the West, how many games are, there's like one game difference between the first and ninth place team, or whatever it is, something crazy right now. Like everything matters right now. Um, so I, 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 it's just something that I've noticed that a few of the younger coaches are doing um, kind of breaking the mold of how the NBA has been coached for a million years. Yeah, dude, I remember back in the day, I mean, especially with Sloan, like you knew exactly, Stockton was the first to come out, Jacques Vaughn had wrote, or Howard Isley replaced John Stockton at like the eight minute mark in the first, like every time without fail, didn't matter. But, um, you know, last night, for instance, to, to the contrary, Hardy, apparently Hardy pulled uh, Clarkson aside in the in a halftime and said, you, you need to take all these, these upcoming timeouts seriously, because you're not coming out in the second half. Like, he was like, you're playing the whole freaking second half. And that's, that's pretty cool. He wanted to win the game. I think in the second half of, of yesterday's game, the rotation was like, it was seven guys. Like they were, he was just, he, he rode them hard. And part of it, you know, because we have the, we're going to be home for a while. Um, we're finally at a home stand. Like he's, uh, you know, our guys are getting a little more rest. And so he felt comfortable doing it and it paid off. Like Clarkson had an amazing game and it was, uh, it was just cool to see. And I, I just to what you, to your point, it's, it's cool to see that flexibility and it's, it makes it fun. Totally. Totally. That said, I will say, like, as we look at kind of what's plagued us the last, I mean, we lot, we're, we're three and seven in the last 10. Again, coming off a high note last night, we play the Pacers tomorrow, I think. Um, but our transition defense has been abominable for, for the most, you know, if, if we miss, um, the other teams immediately are pulling the ball out of the rim and pushing it up court. And I mean, basically having a freaking freeway to the, the basket, um, that's been kind of hard to watch. And then our, our defensive rebound, or just rebounding in general, like Olenek's getting pushed around a little bit. Vanderbilt was a freak last night. He was all over the place, but um, you know, Kessler's had a a couple rough games still believe, and he's, he's going to be really special, but um, still learning things in the NBA. And and as a result, we're really, really rough on, on, on defensive rebounds and and offensive too, honestly. And then our transition D and that's, that's going to be something that needs to change if, uh, if we're going to, because aside from those two components, we've played actually pretty good basketball, even throughout the last 10 without Mike um, or however many it's been without Mike. But those those specific facets are sometimes enough to make me pull my hair out. Yeah. <laughs> um. So here's a question for you about the Utah Jazz. Hit me. So we went over MVP of the team. Do we? Do you think we have a legitimate chance of having an All Star this year? I mean, I think I'm, I'm not so. First of all, I think we get the what maybe home court advantage. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure John and Carl were all stars like when the all star game was in Salt Lake in like '92. I mean, they were there pretty much in their primes at that point. Um, but they they ended up winning like co MVP, right? And I think I think if we have somebody that's that's on the cusp, I don't know exactly what um, antics the league would pull, or you know, if Ryan's like shuffling a couple of bill under the table to, to get one or two guys to get one or two guys there, maybe some data manipulation as as the Qualtrics wizard that he is. But um, whether Laurie or maybe, I don't know, is Clarkson, does he, is, is his numbers good enough to merit it? I'd say Mr. Markinen might have the best shot at this point. Um, and I think he's certainly in discussion. What do you think? 
Yeah, I think so. I think Clarkson and Markinen are going to be the best chances. And they're not going to get voted in or they're not going to get picked, but they'll probably get, you know, silver or throw us a bone type situation when someone backs out. Yeah, get that reserve reserve status. It would be cool though, because I mean, seriously, Ryan, if you're listening, I know that you're the you're the tech data guru. If you can find a way to maybe hack into the hack into the servers or, or work some magic there and, and get our guys uh, get our guys voted in, because I still think it. I mean, when guys like Alex Caruso and other people are getting a significant amount of votes in in past years, when I mean, it's all just kind of a joke. Like we should get someone who's legitimately on the cusp of, of being an all star. Just just get them in, you know? Yeah, totally. Here you. So yeah, man, I think, uh, I think that's, that's, that's a shot. Um, and you know, while Mike is out, I will say, I know this has been passed around a lot and I'm normally, I'm not one to like revisit, like we should have, Oh, we took Rudy over or we took Trey Burke over Giannis or, you know, whatever. Like, I don't really like a lot of the revisionist history there, but I keep, especially as, as, you know, Desmond Bain and Jade McDaniels continue to thrive and like play really, really well over the, I mean, specifically as we've been missing Mike, granted, they're not necessarily point guards, but um, I, it, I just, it just pains me to think that that everybody in the Jazz front office wanted either one of those two guys over Doak and, and Dennis overrode them all and we, we ended up taking Doak still. And so just wanted to remind people that, uh, that, that, is, that is something that I feel like we can have qualms about. Um, <laughs> and it really pains me now, especially where depth is, is something that we could use when injuries start popping up. Totally. Yeah, I mean... Bane hurts the most, but what can you do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's jazz stuff, dude. I mean, ultimately we have, like I say, we have, uh, the Pacers tomorrow at home. We've got the Blazers to, on Saturday at home. Um, get a little homestand at home. Up. We've got a bunch of games at home. Rudy yeah. makes his return on next Friday. So there's some, there's some chance to, to claw our way back. Um, I don't think it's wobble for Wemby yet. I think we still have, uh, I think we still have some fight left in us. And I mean, because the West is so condensed anyway, all it takes is another five game skid and all of a sudden we're there. So I say jazz fans continue to enjoy um, the ups and downs of the season. Yeah. Fun season. V fun. Um, Dude. So obviously as we move into um, the, the fall and winter, the other sports are, are kind of ramping up, particularly in the the realm of football. Um, do you want to give us a quick? I know you you spoke briefly about uh, the the Commanders out of Washington, formerly known as the Redskins. Um, what what are your thoughts there? You're a big a big big Commanders fan, always has been. Uh, uh, how you feeling? Feeling good. I mean, well, the only loss we've had in our last seven games was against a really good Minnesota Vikings team, and we we essentially had a two score lead going late into the game, and we kind of. You know, drop the ball in a few things figuratively and literally. Um, so that's really promising. Um, you know, whether we make the playoffs this year or not, you know, we're looking good. Schedule's looking kind of favorable. Two big games against the Giants coming up. If we can beat them twice, I think we can pretty much lock it in. But um, my Super Bowl is Dan Snyder selling the team. I don't want to get into this. Uh, essentially, he's just a scummy dude, and he's held the team back for years and years and years and years. So... Uh, we might have a new owner in Jeffrey Bezos here come next season. So that's all I'm looking forward to. <laughs> that's Jeffrey my Super Bowl, baby. That's, that's sick. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, I'm excited for you, dude. Um, it's an exciting time. And uh, yeah, if you had to pick, at least right now, who are the front runners, runners for the Super Bowl, in your opinion? I, I don't um, want one. I keep tabs on it. So I would I would guess some team like the Eagles – 
And uh, I'm trying to think who out of the AFC off the top of my head. I can't really. I, I think everyone has like the, the Bills, Bills in Kansas City. Yeah. yeah, everyone has the Bills in Kansas City as like top tier teams. Okay. Miami's playing really well. Um, I think people want to see them have more like prove it type games come down into the coming down in the playoffs, see what they'll look like in the playoffs. Um, Philly, uh, Minnesota looks good. We'll see if like, you know, the the connotation or the infamy around Kirk Cousins is can he perform in those type of situations? We'll see. Um, they look good. Justin Jefferson's probably the best player in the league. Um, I mean, I would say like, I would say the Eagles for sure in the NFC and then Bills, Chiefs, maybe Miami would be the front runners on that end. It's just, it's a, uh, I don't know. That's hard to say. That's cool. No, that's what's exciting about the NFL, I think. And I probably should pay more attention to it, but that's that. Um, quickly, shout out to the Utes going to go up against USC yeah. uh, at the end of this week. I don't know if they can pull it off twice. Last one was already a freaking barn burner. Um, but I don't know. Do you think, do you think there's a shot the Utes pulled off? Um, there's a shot. Yeah, for sure, dude. Dalton Kincaid had like 215 yards or something like that. Uh, Utah beat him in a nail biting barn burner and yeah, crazy. But Shout I out think Dalton Kincaid, um, uh, yeah. he held the door for me as I was walking out of the office a couple of days ago. He was just doing an interview with, I don't know, somebody, but, uh, held the door and I, I think I expected him to be bigger. He's not like. He's not huge, huge, like, but he freaking takes a hit out there, man. I mean, he's he's a bruiser. So crazy. I know it is kind of crazy. It's weird walk like seeing the people in real life and uh seeing players in real life. And some people like amaze you with how much bigger they are in real life than what they seem on TV. And then in some cases it's kind of the opposite. But hundred percent. Yeah. I hope they pull it off. That'd be sweet. A lot of things went our way last week from a Utes perspective to even get in the game in the first place. So maybe it was crazy. Yeah. Bad. I mean Oregon, no one thought Oregon State was going to be Oregon, but here we are. So here we are. Anything can happen. Anything. Um, cool, man. And then uh, obviously once every four years, um, as as they call it, the beautiful game around the world is is uh, eight years for us. Fired up. Us eight Yankees. Years, eight years for the Yanks since uh, we blew it four years ago. Um, I know you've been watching a fair amount of World Cup stuff. What? Give me your your maybe main takeaway from from what's going on with between all the countries in the world cup uh the biggest takeaway is the united states seems to be playing to the potential or like the level of their their um competition like we had a really good game against england they had well we blew it against wells we should have beat wells then we played well against england and then iran somehow almost tied it at the end and kicked us out so um classic united states i feel like there's a lot of skilled players that you know, this Musa kid's freaking sweet. He's only 20. Um, McKinney, obviously Captain America, Christian Polznick, who sacrificed his Statue of Liberty to get us here. Um, bunch of fun, fun young players on the team. And if we can just give the Netherlands at least a run for their money, that'll be really fun to watch Saturday morning. Um, kind of the usual suspects on who looks great. Uh, Spain looks great. France looks really good. Portugal, surprisingly, looks I mean, I'm not surprisingly, but they look good. Argentina started off wobbly, but they look a lot better. So it'll be a fun tournament. I think the path for the United States, like realistically to get to the finals, like they have to go through the Netherlands and they'd have to go through, um, what is it? Like Brazil and France and Argentina or something. All the juggernauts, basically. Yeah, it's crazy. So 
Um, it would be really fun to at least win one game in the knockout stages, but we'll see. Um, fun tournament. Games are on pretty convenient times now that the 3 o'clock in the morning games are over with. You know, when a kid wakes up at 6 o'clock, I can actually go and, like, just turn a game on on my phone and right. kind of watch, kind of not watch, you know? Yeah. No, that's sweet. That's sweet. Yeah, go USA. Go Eagles. Um, not the birds. Sorry, AB, but uh, the bald eagles of, of America flying over us and representing as well. Um Shoot, dude. Okay, I think I think that's everything from a uh, from a sports standpoint. Lots going on, but uh, it is the most wonderful time of year. In addition to what's going on in sports, Christmas is right upon us, and occasionally, as our as our listeners know, we like to delve into of a few of our favorite topics for various holidays that are on the horizon. And so um, we figured we'd 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 talk about a little uh, a little Christmas things because I think we both agreed that it's our favorite holiday. So uh, we opened up a mailbag. People asked us some questions, um, both Christmas related and not Christmas related, and then a couple other things that we want to talk about. So uh, where's wh- where are you in the Christmas spirit evolution at this point, Kurt? Where am I? I'm all in. I'm actually really frustrated. I've been trying to get my freaking lights up on my house for three weeks and. You know, Emily deserved some times out, so she was able to go out a couple of those days where I had the opportunity, so I was kid-sitting, and then, well, not kid-sitting, I was just watching my kids. I'm not one of those dads. It's like, oh, I have to babysit, like, you know, my kids, too. Um, Then Thanksgiving happened, and then a freaking snowstorm, we got hit by a blizzard, so when we get off this podcast during nap time, I'm getting out, I'm finishing my lights, it's a little bit cold, it's a little bit chilly, but, you know, I think the spirit of Christmas will keep me warm. Um, I'm all in, dude. I don't know. I've been watching Christmas movies. What about you? Dude, I'm, I'm right there with you. Our tree uh, showed up yesterday. So this is the Let's first go. time that I ever had a Christmas tree. Um, obviously, when, when you and I lived together at the pad in North Salt Lake, uh, we got zero Christmas tree action at our house. Um, we kind of slacked, honestly. And, and I don't know if it's a thing to do at a bachelor pad. I don't know. I just never, never yeah. felt like it because family always had trees up. Yeah. But uh, our tree showed up yesterday. It's all lit. We need a little nice. uh, dirt for it for its, uh, its nether bits down below. But uh <laughs> that's that's in place and then i think our lights are showing up we ordered some lights from somewhere i don't even know they show up in a couple days so did you do the company to do it for you or are you doing it i'm just gonna do it we're just gonna get up there let's and go dude it's uh it's funny we actually i just heard a story of two houses down before it got it was finished um there there was some window cleaners on the third floor and they were like oh, washing no. the windows and they were also grading the backyard with a skid or whatever they call it, a skidster it's skid steer yeah. yeah, skid steer. And uh, apparently the skid steer was so loud, it backed up into the ladder. And uh, this guy that was cleaning windows on the third floor, like started to climb down and he couldn't get the guy's attention that was driving the skid steer. And he kept and the ladder, just started to tilt and tilt and tilt. And the guy jumped from the second freaking floor. He, he climbed down one floor and jumped from the second one and was like, apparently a skateboarder and like parkoured out of it <laughs> somehow. But those are the visions Wild. in my head. As, uh, as you're gonna cri- you're gonna Griswold this, electrocute yourself, all the good stuff. Yeah, but that's that's part of the Christmas spirit, dude. Getting lit I love up. it. Let's um, go. So yeah, we're we're excited about that, and uh, yeah, and we've got some snow on the ground, so it's it's fun. And then you know, obviously, that one of the main things that can help set the mood are the, are the Christmas movies. And I think a few years ago we talked about what our favorite Christmas movies are um, ranked. Um, and we, we don't need to necessarily compile a, a complete list here, but is there any particular movies that you're looking forward to, uh, watching this year? Um, well, there's, you watch spirited. I haven't watched it yet. I've been looking forward to watching that one. Um, Ryan Reynolds fan. And then I mean the classics, um, I already got them up at Christmas Carol taken care of, and I'm sure Jamie, Jamie really likes it. So it really just depends on what Jamie's liking and what Christmas movies are on the rotation here. 
Um, Klaus, Klaus is a classic dude. Just a Santa's origin story. Um, instant classic. I guess it's only four years old at this point, or five, th- three years old. Dude, Klaus um, came up as like a top, a top ten on like the top hundred list. It's like, really good, dude. It's and really I, good. I honestly, I don't know if I just wasn't feeling it a couple years ago, but I think I bailed after like fifteen minutes. But oh I, need, I need to give it a shot. Yeah, you got to get in on that one. Um, let's see. I am a huge fan of Christmas Vacation. Brought up Griswolds already. Uh, I'm going to get that one going here. I saw that for the very first time last year, believe it or not. Yeah, you like it? Yeah, it was fun. It was a good, good time. Uh, I mean, Elf, classic. Just I'm just excited for all of them. I don't know if there's one. I mean, I want to go see this funny Silent Night one um, or whatever it's called. Is that what it's called? Violent Night? Uh, the one that's, that's like it has Hopper from Stranger Things and it's basically Santa killing people. So I'm all in on that, obviously. <laughs> One of one of our mailbag questions from from T Carling Seven T Car AKA Sicko, uh, he he did ask who's watching Santa Slay this year. So, Dude, I, can, I don't even know where the DVD is at, and you know that's not streaming on anything. Um, I think you can YouTube the opening scene, so I make sure I do that at least every year. Yeah, that's a that's a must. opening scene's classic. Okay, to celebrate Sorry. Christmas Eve. Um, it's funny because as I was going through a bunch of the lists, like, have you seen Krampus? Oh yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but it comes up on every list. Did you watch it? Are you going to watch it? I don't know. Maybe. I don't Is it like, is it like a horror show? Is it? It's creepy. It's funny. I mean, it's, it's pretty funny. It's essentially, essentially Santa's an evil little monster. Not evil little. He's a monster. He's, you should just watch it, dude. Just watch it. The name's it. hilarious, honestly. Um, that one was like a surprising one that kept coming up. Die Hard, of course, came yeah. up on every list. And I don't know. You know, there's, there's like the, there's the take about roles being the best part of Thanksgiving. And then there's that same, like, I feel like almost in the same vein, people say that like Die Hard's the best Christmas movie. I don't know if I can get behind it. That was actually a question that. When's the last time you watched Die Hard? It's, it's been a, it's been a minute. Clover actually asked, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Here's the thing. Die Hard is a movie that takes place during Christmas. Die Hard's a Christmas movie. If you want it to be a Christmas movie, it's too good of a movie though, for you to only watch it one month out of the year. Don't, don't, tunnel vision yourself to only being able to watch that movie in December, because if it comes on, if it's on, you know, if you're scrolling through channels or you see it on Netflix or whatever it is and diehards on there, just watch it. Cause it's great. Yeah. That's the thing is you, you can't put it in a box. Like, uh, like if it comes on in July, like if elf comes on in July, right. like, first of all, it's not going to come on in July and you're no, not, it's not. It does. so, uh, yeah. So club, I'm going to go with uh die hard is, is not a Christmas movie. It's a movie that takes place during Christmas and uh you should watch it multiple times per year so i'm with you there um what was i gonna ask oh yeah other so spirited we yeah we did watch spirited that was actually pretty fun was it fun um, that's I all i need i just need it to be fun yeah it's like entertaining and takes some twists you don't expect ryan reynolds is great will ferrell's hilarious there's a funny little elf cameo um there's like it's, it's just a good old twist i didn't know what to expect going into it i try not to read a ton of like reviews or even like watch trailers or anything so i had no idea and maybe this is too much of a spoiler but that it's, it's based kind of on, on a Christmas Carol. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's, it's really fun and it's, it's kind of a musical and it's, I don't know, it's all sorts of weird, but for, for Christmas, I think it's, it's right up a lot of people's alley. Yeah. I like, um, I can't wait to watch that one. I, you know, every once in a while, there's a few good ones that come on. There's a Lindsay Lohan one on Netflix that I hear is absolutely terrible in a fun way. So maybe I'll watch that one. I can't remember what it's called though. Maybe we'll pay ode to uh, to Utah because I'm pretty sure a lot of that was filmed at a few. Different- was it? Yeah, apparently. Um, yeah, I don't remember what it's called either. There's another one like Noel or a Christmas Noel or something is like number one on Netflix. So that's one that it seems kind of rom rom. I was gonna say rom commy, but I think it's mostly just rommy. Um, I don't know that that might be one. Um, 
Dude, a Muppet Christmas Carol. I know that's your number one, right? Or close. It's one, one of them. Yeah, one I love your, it. One of your up there, and I haven't seen it in forever. And I think I maybe gave you a hard time a few years ago. Did you watch uh, it? But no, I haven't watched it. But I'm going Come to. On, dude. I know it's that's probably that's the, on the list for this year. It's a really good, a really good take on the Christmas Carol. It is probably the best way to consume it. See, I honestly, I remember as a kid really, really enjoying it, and I just don't. I haven't seen it in a minute, but. Yeah. I feel like the, yeah, the old, like real Christmas Carol, like it's bad, it's kind of bad. Are you um, like a wonderful life kind of guy? Like, do you go that old school? Also last year was the very first time I saw that lace talk me into it. And it was like, it's fine. It was, it was, uh, it, I appreciate the, like the nostalgia factor, just kind of like super old timey and guys talking like, Hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what do you know? See, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that, that one's fun. We'll I did not it. expect a Berg, Colby Berg, Jimmy Stewart impression on the, uh, on the pod today get out of here see <laughs> um so yeah that's i don't know lots of lots of fun christmas stuff um i know we're getting close to uh to needing to wrap it up here so we'll just we'll hit a couple quick mailbag questions and then uh we'll uh we'll, we'll commence um for the for the day um just quickly um i'm trying to think what are some what are some ones we got to hit out or hit hit up real quick we answered t cars okay um, here's a quick jazz question. Uh, Why have the jazz made the playoffs 31 times and have zero titles? Um, couple of reasons is Michael Jordan right off the bat. Let's get that one out of the way. Um, and I think the jazz have been really good, but never super great other than those late nineties teams. I don't know. What's your take? Dude. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I mean, yeah, Jordan definitely got in the way. I think we, I think we had it in the bag at least one out of those two years that he had not been around. Um, a few choke jobs from our, from our, our heroes, um, dude, I mean, Kobe got in the way. I, I mean, D will has come out and said that had, had Kobe not been on a freaking killer streak that I guess it was 2010 and well, and, and 2009 when memo towards AC, I can't remember. I was on my mission. Then. Uh, I know those were both a couple years where we were probably the second best team in the league. What uh, would you have done if the, we won while you were gone? Oh, dude, I don't know. I, I honestly, I said, it's funny. I'd never even thought about it, but. I was, I was pretty like, I was pretty straight and narrow when it came to the rules on the mission. And so I don't know. I, 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 I find it very hard to believe that I would have not found a way to watch some of those finals games, <laughs> but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, awesome. what else? Um, we actually have a few more Christmas holiday cook or holiday uh, questions. So we can just hit them maybe real quick. Um, so Dylan Lewis asks best holiday cookie, the debate people need. Is that this is the question? Is there a debate for what the best holiday? Well, what's yours? Be? I'm not a gingerbread guy. Oh, Are you a gingerbread dude. guy? Hundred huh? percent gingerbread, dude. You're a gingerbread a guy. Cooked, a lightly cooked okay, gingerbread okay. cookie. That's the key. A little bit of frosting on top, like it's a no-brainer. What other Christmas? Lightly cooked, yes. When, when those when the old people cook their gingerbread and they turn into just literally just crunch bars. They're not good, but if it's no. lightly cooked and I bite it and my teeth are, it's nice and soft and yeah, okay, I'm in on that. I agree. With with a good amount of like icing on top or frosting or what I don't know the difference really. Um, maybe is snick, wait is a snickerdoodle considered a Christmas tree or a Christmas cookie? I don't if know. It, if it is, that takes the cake. But if it's yeah. if not, I have snickerdoodles throughout the year, so I don't think it's same specific to Christmas. Same. Lacey's brother who owns a cookie shop called Doc's Cookies. He's an audiologist in St. George, and he makes the best snickerdoodle cookie I've ever had in my life. And we actually have some. Well, bring one here. back. Yeah. Yeah. We have some of the dough at our house. And so, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll whip some up next time you guys come over when we come down there. Um, they Let's are the best noodle cookies I've ever had. Um, so I don't know if that's a debate. I don't know. Are there any other options, dude? Like those, like the white sugar cookies, in my opinion, yeah. don't even come anywhere near 
uh, store bought. Uh, I feel like you gotta have home cooked cookies, yeah. home baked cookies. Yeah, I think I think gingerbread is the case. Um, I don't know. If, are there any other options? I don't think there are. I don't think so either. Um, so that's that's that. Uh, let's see quickly. Oh, here's one. So from a guy named Rob. Shout out, Rob. Yes. Um, is pumpkin flavored food only good enough for holidays, or is it good enough to eat all year? I think certain things. I think I'll I'll have like a a muffin, um, a pumpkin muffin whenever. But other things like pumpkin pie, I'm only saving that for the end of the for for the holidays. Yeah, it's one of those things. I feel like I get enough of it during the holidays to where I don't really miss it during the year. But I get yeah. really excited when it comes holiday time. But I think it it's it has its presence like perfectly throughout. And this is the thing too: is a lot of like stores and cookie places and everything else. Like pumpkin time starts like freaking late September at this point. Yeah, for so sure. uh, we get it's kind of like a holiday aphrodisiac. It kind of gets you ready for the holidays. Do you know what yep. I mean? Yep, that and like maybe the first, uh, maybe some colors, and then the first, I don't know, the first cold day, whatever. Um, okay, I'm, I'm just going through some of these other mailbag questions. So we have a few other questions about Santa Claus, um, both how we found out Santa wasn't real, unless you have young listeners, haha, from Jay Stevenette, and then uh, <laughs> and Spencer is Santa Claus real. So I don't. Do we want to address the Santa Claus questions now, or do you got to bounce? Should we hit those up a little bit closer to Christmas time. I think we should save those. Let's let's pocket those because Santa's gonna. You know, we have stories to tell about Santa Claus to tell and, and I, I'll probably retell the one that uh, that I told a few years ago because I think it's great and that uh, it's, it's a great Santa Claus yeah story. it is a great um, Santa Claus story cool man well uh, I know things need to get done today lights need to be hung um, Christmas needs to get uh, fully fully set up at the Pruitt household and at the Berg household so should we should we leave the people be for for now yeah let's cut it but we'll jump back on quick guys appreciate you spending what 45 minutes with us an hour with us whatever it is you don't have to. Three minutes if you put it on two times speed. There you go. If you can listen to how fast I talk on two times speed, shout out to you. Yeah, big shouts. Big shouts to all the listeners. Thanks to the mailbag people. Everybody have a great beginning few days of December. Go Jazz and uh, go Utes and go USA, USA. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Later, Steve.